no. I don't like like the whispers. It's now a tradition, to be honest, that every time we're about to start, not every time, but every time we're about to start the podcast, we look up some ASMR videos just for uh, inspiration, I guess. It's painful to me. I really dislike it at an intense level. No, I hate it. Brittany? I enjoy watching you guys watch and listen to it. (laughs) You enjoy watching us. Yeah. In extreme discomfort. Extreme discomfort. <laughs> I mean, if you put it that way. That's all I'm putting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, then we'll just be doing the whole episode. Eek. With AS- ASMR. Eek. No. no. <laughs> Eek. Eek. No me gusta. No, you're not a fan. Like not it. a fan. Okay, well, then we'll just go back to the normal podcasting Great. way. Well, almost normal almost normal in that it's hilarious because we have stopped podcasting outside of the office for various reasons one of which being that it's too loud in our office because you know it's a place of business and people are living their lives and doing their work in there and so now we podcast in random spaces that are quiet for example my home and we all did this today and we're all sitting on my couch podcasting only to find that my neighbor is installing tile and so there's some like chainsaw noises happening potentially not a chainsaw some type of saw that may or may not be right chained. we're not experts in sawing it's probably a tile cutter i feel like that's a reasonable expectation okay okay well there's some sort of noise happening and you will hear it throughout the podcast and for that i apologize but we're just doing our best fam we really are we're trying Yep, hence the reason that you'll get this ASMR podcast today. <laughs> Sam's no, face. No. I'm just realizing now that we have not introduced our guest speaker for today. Her name is Sam, and she's a wonderful. Introduce yourself, Sam. I am Sam, and um, as Libby said, I'm wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, now you sound a little full okay, of yourself. I'm pretty medium, but um, I am here to be a quasi-expert today. That's right, yes, okay. We kind of... We kind of uh, Gave you a little a little podcast tease the last episode we did about how we would have one expert guest speaker on the podcast, and today we bring you Sam because she is a romance enthusiast. I am. It's a curse and a blessing. <laughs> well, I think for me today it's a blessing because Great. I don't know that much about romance novels or romance storylines, and because mostly I don't have a heart at all. Right. Right. And so I needed to bring one in for this. Uh, Thank you for letting me be your heart. I appreciate that. Why is it always this thing where like, I don't know if if it's like this for you, but I also like a little romance in my uh, stories that I read. And I always feel a little bit embarrassed telling people and I don't understand why. Do you feel that, Sam? I get that. I, I do. Because I think even when we were talking about starting this podcast... I was like, do I really want to be the expert on romance? Like, is that what I want to be known for? I don't know. But I'm not sure why. You're right. That is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I I think it just kind of feels like a little silly sometimes. It does. I will will agree. And so I am not super romancy in my life. That said, when I'm watching a movie, sometimes I like I want want the, the cute couple to get together. Right. And then I, like, I don't want to tell anybody that. Yeah. Like, at the end of this, I'm a scary movie person. We've talked about this. All the listeners know this, which is why I think it's very fitting that the romance is accompanied by the chainsaw noise. Because that's my favorite type of romance. 
is when accompanied by chainsaw noises. Right. But like in those scary movies where you have the survivor girl and then you have the person that saves the day or you have like whatever, some aspect of love in that, I'm like, oh. Something good came out of this horrible thing. Okay, so no, actually, this is perfect because this is why I love romance is because I feel like romance is a part of your of everyday life like so we talked briefly about this before podcasting sorry but um (laughs) but the thing i love about romance is it's really versatile like there can be romance in dystopian fiction Mm -hmm. there can be romance in um classical romance novels there can be romance in everyday whatever you're doing and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to necessarily be the romance genre it can be any genre with a little bit of romance added yeah. in. Or the storyline can mainly be about romance, either or. And the, I think that's what yeah. I like about it. The way I see romance, like, in the way that I like my romance personally, as a, is as, like, a little extra seasoning. Yeah. It adds something, right? It adds some personal investment. That I can, that I can agree. Okay. That I can agree. Well, and from, like, a basic human attachment... We, we got three social workers sitting on this, this couch. <laughs> so, like, from a basic human attachment standpoint, everyone's looking for whether romance or not, someone to attach to and feel seen and safe with. Have your needs met. Uh Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think also there's something very psychological about romance and how that relationship develops between two people Mm -hmm. and like learning more about the person and how they are in relationships. So you just really get to know the characters more when there is some kind of romance involved. Mm -hmm. So it's like a character development thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I get that. Like, from a very scientific point of view, the way that people interact with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, and as love is introduced, traditionally people become more and more vulnerable. Because that's yes. part of the love thing. Mm-hmm. And so how do we interact with each other little by little when our vulnerability is increasing? Yeah. I love that. I think... You guys are analyzing it in a way that I don't tend to naturally do when I'm reading a romance. I feel like that's another thing I like about it is that you can get lost in it. And you can really um, be living the life of somebody else. Yeah. And have some space to explore some things that maybe you wouldn't in your normal life. Absolutely. I totally get that. And you know what, Kate? As you were talking, you know what I was thinking about? What? We are in the business of love. We are. We are. We are 100% in the business of love. As domestic violence and sexual assault professionals, our whole thing is love. How do you do it? How do you do it safely? And Mm -hmm. what feels good about it? Yeah. And what happens when it does not go well? Yeah. Healthy Mm -hmm. love. I'm a love professional. Ooh. How does that feel going down? Can we, like, actually put that on our resumes? I think so. (laughs) I have seriously never thought about it in that way, but that is, like, we are in the business of love. It's official. We That's are right. love professionals. We'll bring this back to the team. Great. I hope it. We'll take a vote. <laughs> the next time I do any sort of public speaking or training, I'll be like, my name is Livy and I a am a love professional. Yep, I get it. <laughs> I am a love professional. That resounds really nicely. It does. <laughs> For you? I love yeah. it. You believed me when I said that. I did. That. <laughs> yeah. Cue the chainsaw. But <laughs> the reason why we believe you is because it's true, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it really it. is true. Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, well, now you have to trust everything that's said on this podcast. Absolutely. And particularly on this episode as we deep dive into romance. Yes. With a couple different ways because we are love professionals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we know Sam, what we're talking about. Share, share with us what you want to talk about today. Okay, so part of what I wanted to talk about was something we've already touched on, which is the diversity of romance in novels. And I think it can really come from anywhere. I already said classical romance. Um, 
dystopian romance. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm also starting to get into and starting to really respect the emerging LGBTQ mm-hmm. romance mm-hmm. genre. I think that it's something that I wasn't super aware of until recently, and I'm starting to learn more. And again, it's it's giving me some perspective on the way other people might experience romance. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to talk about mostly was how different love experiences can be Ooh. and romance experiences can be and how different things spark our interest. So definitely wanted to talk about two specific storylines. Um, one, hopefully this will appeal to most of our listeners because I'm feeling like I'm trying to get a rounded experience of romance. Um, one of the stories I wanted to talk about was Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Classical romance, yep. something that most people are aware of. OG romance. Oh, OG, for sure. Yeah. And it just gets my feelers going right now as we're even talking about really? it. I love it. Oh my god, okay. yes. Confession. <laughs> I feel like I should do the ASMR style confession. Oh god, ouch. I have never seen or read Pride and Prejudice. Wow. It's really, that's huh. kind of upsetting to me. Yeah. A little bit. Just, just a little bit. I, I'm sorry. I told you okay. I'm not super romancy. You know what? Actually, I have the perfect solution for this because somebody recently donated a whole bucket load of books related to Pride and Prejudice. Ooh. Like it's spin-offs I'm sorry. and characters. I there was one Pride and Prejudice. There is. There is one Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice, but there are a million different spinoffs, including Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which might be more your <gasps> style. Yeah. That is the perfect combo. <laughs> uh, I but I have to read Pride and Prejudice before I read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And I might be offending some classical romance lovers. Uh-oh, but tread lightly. But Pride and Prejudice can be a little dry. It can be a little hard to get into. But once you're in it, you're in it. And you really you're really emotionally connected to the characters. But I hope I didn't hurt anyone's feelings too much when I said that. You hate. <laughs> Do not consider their feelings because you... I'm the, the professional. You are the love I'm professional. I'm the love professional. Right, okay. So <laughs> everything you say is just, boom, I'm automatically right. the truth. Okay. And I'm always correct. Great. Um, <laughs> that's really bad for my ego. <laughs> I don't think I need that. Um, but okay. in addition to Pride and Prejudice, I also wanted to talk about something a little bit different, which is the Twilight Saga, mm. which I think will appeal to some of our other listeners. I have read and seen... Yeah, me too. Oh my gosh. I recently reread Twilight, which is why it's on my mind. And so I'm I'm trying to hopefully get most of the details right. Whereas with Pride and Prejudice, it's been a while, but it's a long love of mine. Mm. So You know, when you told me this morning that you were gonna be covering Pride and Prejudice and Twilight, I quick I had a copy of Twilight in my office for some reason. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so weird and so exciting. Yep. And I read the first twenty pages real quick. <laughs> so now I'm like fully in Yeah, you're in. in you're in. ready to go. Okay. Yeah, so I'm ready to roll with the Twilight world. Okay. So I guess um I didn't really have a ton planned. Is there anything specific that you guys had ideas that you wanted to talk about well, regarding us, the romance? Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, okay. So give us um, a rundown as to just general plot line. Like, what are the characters? Who's important? And what is? How do we find love in this story? And then I want to talk about how that's portrayed. And as we've mentioned several times, <laughs> we are love professionals. Love professionals. Right. With the expertise of domestic violence and sexual assault. So Great. are there any intersections of that um, within what you've seen of this romance story? Okay, so I think what's important to say first 
is that I intentionally take off my social worker hat when I'm reading. Good. Uh, That's good boundaries. Because I think that there are a lot of things that I could take in a way that would be upsetting to me that I don't think are necessary to the story, you know? And so I think if you're looking at it from that perspective, it really changes the way you feel the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean... I bet that's the way a million of our clients feel yeah. when it feels like a love story. It feels like a romance to them. Yeah. And when you change that perspective and pull it out and look at it all clinical-like... Then you have the chainsaws. Then you have the chainsaws! Wow. Oh my god. Okay. We planned this. <laughs> it's It seems like it was an accident, and I know I said it was an accident, but, but I need you to know that this was on this, purpose. Yeah, we must have done this. <laughs> I mean, if not us, fate was working fate in our face with us. Okay, with us. so let's talk about Pride and Prejudice. I think... The most important thing in Pride and Prejudice that um, is really all wrapped into their love story is timing. Because um, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett, they try really hard a couple of times to make things work, and it just doesn't work until it works. Mm. So, you disagree? I feel like I disagree, because... I feel like there's just some a lot of automatic judgments about each other right but i don't feel like they like i feel like they kind of give each other a chance so because the other person is judging them mm-hmm. and is being kind of i don't know well just acting judgy really <laughs> i don't know there's other ways to put that no i get it um then like they're being nice to i guess i guess you're right in a way like the timing does doesn't match up because like Whenever one is trying to give the other a chance, the other one is being judgy. Yes. I think that this falls into what Livy was saying earlier, which was as you learn more about a person, they have to become more vulnerable with you and you have to become more vulnerable with them. And I think that their timing was off for the first couple of attempts. I think that Mr. Darcy, he really wants to be with Elizabeth. But he hasn't opened up and been vulnerable mm. enough that it was the right timing for her. And then when she starts seeing who he really is, she then is more open to a relationship with him. So storyline. Let's. This is. I feel like this is skipping ahead a little bit. But storyline is um, Elizabeth Bennett is from a respectable family Ooh. with she class a great number of sisters, but she's not rich by any means. And then. Her mom is kind of obsessed with marrying off all of her daughters, and that's, like, her life goal is just to make sure every single one of them is married. Um, which, I mean, that that fits for, like, yeah, the time 19th period. century, right? I think that's when it was made. I hope that's right. Um, it matches historically with, like, interests. Um, Mr. Darcy, along with another very wealthy gentleman, enter into their lives, and Elizabeth and her sister are kind of on this journey together, with Mr. Darcy and his best friend, whose name I can't remember right now, and I think you guys are all going to hate me for that if you are. Well, Mr. Of... Darcy is there because he's with his best friend. Right. And I also think that the 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 older sister mm-hmm. and that friend, I wish I, again, knew, the, oh, knew their names. Oh, horrible. Their romance, like the differences between their romance and Mr. Darcy's and Elizabeth's, and Elizabeth's are so different. Oh, that's the that's one of the best parts is that it really shows the diversity between mm-hmm. experiences and like human experience is so diverse. It, it can't all be summed up in one romance story. Right. So it's kind of two paralleling romance stories, but the main one that we're focused on is Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. 
And so when Darcy comes to town, he seems kind of kind of aloof and pretty rude. <laughs> and so Elizabeth, right off the bat, is has no interest in him and is kind of annoyed by his presence in general. But he seems to be pursuing her slowly. Um, she hears him say a couple things about how she is not interesting or things like that, which kind of throw her off. But then he really starts um, finding her interesting. And um, there's, of course, another jealous woman in the picture who really is vying for Darcy's attention. But he focuses on Elizabeth and ends up asking her to marry him after several large experiences together. And her answer is, no, like, I don't want to be with you. I'm not interested. You're kind of a jerk. And I don't really like being around you. So tell me, give me, give me a time frame for this. Just roughly. Gosh, a couple months. Oh, wait, are you saying the timeline of their well, story? Or are like, you giving now, historical timeline? <laughs> I meant historical timeline and now I would like both. Okay. <laughs> yes. So it's happening over the course of a couple months. I again, feel like it's sometime in the like late, late 19th century. Yeah, late 1800s. Yeah. Late 1800s. Okay. Perhaps so early 1900s. Was it pretty bold then for her to be like, nah, nah. Oh yeah. yeah. Because he was filthy oh rich. Yeah. He was Kay. super well. Yeah. That was my thought. Yeah. yeah. Because how many people, especially in the late 1800s are like, no, I'm going to say no to marriage right now. Well, and that's the thing about Elizabeth is she's no. already had one proposal of marriage that she's turned down before Darcy. Okay. So she's kind of like, I know what I want, I know what I deserve, and I'm not going to settle for less. And honestly, it didn't really seem like romance was her top concern anyways. So she wasn't really looking for it. It just kind of kept hitting her in the face. <laughs> and she kept having to say, no. But at the same time, like, she also didn't want to marry for just money. Right. It's really important to her that there are other parts of the relationship that matter, not just the money part. And this is something that I feel like is a common thread in the female writers of that era, Mm -hmm. like the ones that at least are still popular today, where it's female main characters that um, are entering into these romances with Mm -hmm. really wealthy men, but like romance happens, but it's not because they're wealthy, it's because... They're, they're just in love. Like, right. it's for other reasons. Which I feel... Is a little I'm bit... I'm a little skeptical yeah. of it. I'm a little <laughs> skeptical, but here we are. So... It's the dream, right? I right. think... And I don't... So this is my jaded external outside of romance judgment, what don't I say. It. I'm not, I'm not okay. ruining it, but I think romance novels are more a dream than anything else. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. The realism there... Well, Jane Eyre, though. Jane Eyre... Is different. Which is why I love Jane Eyre. Okay. I now love I Jane have to confess, you guys, I've never read Jane Eyre. Oh boy. You okay, just see, just see the movie with Michael Fassbender. No, 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 no. <laughs> what? No. It's so good. No. He's so, mm. No. Oh my God. Okay. Read Jane Eyre, okay? okay great. Because with the few exceptions of the romances that I actually like, because mm-hmm. again, heartless. Um, right, right, right. It's more of a dream than anything else. Like, you know, there's this mystery man that's beautiful and coincidentally very rich. But none of that plays into the right, fact that, that they just matter. fall desperately in love. Sure. And it doesn't matter at all because it's it's love. And he is perfect in every way. But mm-hmm. that's really, that doesn't matter. I mean, me. but really he isn't perfect is a thing. Because she finds <sighs> out, like, more stuff gets revealed. At the end, he's left destitute. 
destitute. But then she ends up being with him anyways because they're really in love. So that's why I think it's different because okay. I probably just ruined that hit story for everybody. Great. Spoiler so alert! I'm never gonna read that now. So thanks. You should still you should still read or okay, watch let's it. Be real. I'm not. That doesn't ruin it for me. But it's a it's really good. It's so good. Oh, and there is some. I have some pressure. White. Uh, there's some. There's some. As a love professional, there's some stuff. Yeah. Love that, stuff. Um, we'll have to cover in a later podcast because there are some there are some issues. Okay. Yeah. I find some I feel that. some perhaps red flags. Well, and I never read it, so I'm only going based off of the oh, multiple movies I've watched on it. Oh my gosh. You've got to read it. I am of one you. of those people like that if the movie's out there, I will watch the movie or see the miniseries and not read the book. I feel as though you oh, had man. to that you had to whisper that because that was a really dark confession. <laughs> you should have been doing. Uh... It's just hard for me. Like I mean, okay, I read Twilight, but that was only because the movies weren't out yet. Oh my gosh, I'm the complete opposite of you in every single way when we're talking about this. A million times over, I would rather read the book, and even if there is a movie out, I will almost always read the book first. Want and I. I think my intentions are in alignment with yours. Yeah. My actual actions are not as noble. Oh, gosh. But gosh. I completely agree with right? you. Right? I feel like yeah. that should be the first step. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've got Anyways, the we've I got feel the judged. <laughs> no, it's fine, Britt. No, you... You're just, you're just, like, not a senior love professional. Yeah, I mean, this is why you're... You're not the guest speaker today on the <laughs> podcast. Yep. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. why we brought That's in um, outside talent. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Now I feel bad. <laughs> okay. So we have an understanding of mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice, kind of the dynamics that are going right. on. Right. When we look at it from the context of domestic violence, sexual assault, mm-hmm. and relationships, do oh, what do we see healthy relationships unhealthy relationships what's working what would you say is healthy in this relationship so i think the first thing that is really amazing and really healthy is that she is able to vocalize her feelings like i'm not interested and i can say that out loud to you um i think that's something that's really hard for people to do in real life Mm -hmm. no matter what no matter what it is whether it's sex whether it's a relationship whether it's a friendship it's really hard to vocalize lack of interest or like I know I don't want to do this, and I'm telling you no because I don't want to do this. Right, I think right. that's something that's really hard. Well, so. and if you think about, like, the added measure of her mom was super oh, into, yeah. like, we need mm. to get this girl married so much off, pressure. we need to do it, he's wealthy, he's so wonderful, yeah. he's very kind, it sounds mm-hmm. like, he's like, he is like the package. And so you have her coming up and saying, like, I'm seeing your kindness, I'm seeing your handsomeness, I'm seeing your wealth, and I'm seeing my mom's pressure, and I'm and still just... turns out... I'm not, I'm not interested no. in that. Yeah. Which is huge. Well, and she yeah. has... She's set her boundaries. Yes. And she's vocalizing her opinion yes. based on those, because he has Absolutely. been pretty rude to her before. Oh, yeah. He's been pretty rude. And I think that is important to note also, is like... Oh... Male privilege! Ouch! I I can never not say it if it comes to my mind. Is like, he is assuming that he can come right in, he mm-hmm. can be a jerk to her, he can be rude, he can be disrespectful, and then he can be like, but actually, I want to marry you. And she should just be like, sure. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds great. And in my head, I was like, well, if you think about it, 
late 1800s, of course that's going to be the case, yeah, right? right? When yeah. you have this super paternalistic society yep. and you have all of this male privilege going around. Yeah. But then I stopped myself because, you know, early 2020s, <laughs> you have this same dynamic going. Because it's the same. people are so attracted to the dark horse, oh, you know, the yeah. dangerous, the, yeah, bad, the boy, bad boy, the bad girl, Gosh. you know, where it's like, they have this dark side of them, and yep. it's true, they might not treat me right, but it's because they're so passionate. Oh my gosh. But, like, if you think about it, like, had she given him any reason to think that she actually liked him? Absolutely not. Which is weird, because, like, okay, if you're a person that, like, really respects the other person that you're in love with, mm-hmm. you'd be like, well, I want them to want to be with me. Right. Right? No inkling from her that she had interest. None whatsoever. And he was continuing to pursue her, which, I mean... In a romantic way or in an unsafe way? In a romantic way, right? At least that's the way the story is being told. Yeah. But, I mean, let's compare it to today. Like, Mm -hmm. if this was happening today, if there was a man and a woman, man is just being super unkind, super disrespectful, super rude, but then is like, we need to hook up, though. And woman is like, not really interested. But he keeps pushing. That could be really unhealthy right but didn't he like leave her alone after she said no Uh, after she officially said no to his wedding proposal yes they went their separate ways but i think that i think that part of the romance is like he was continuing to pursue her even if she wasn't aware of it like he was finding reasons for them to spend time together he would go on walks with her when she was just like tramping around in the mud being elizabeth bennett so i think I think that part of that romance is that she might not have been aware that he was pursuing her romantically, but he was. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brittany, do you agree? Yeah, it's been a while since I've (laughs) watched it. Yeah, I feel like I could have used a refresher. Ooh, ooh. Okay, at least which version did you watch? Can you tell me that? Gosh, I feel like I watched every version. Okay. Okay, well Well, then, cumulatively. Yeah. You know, you gotta get understanding. Yeah, you know what's going on. But, okay. Yeah. All right. So kind of uh, two sides to that coin. I think so. Yeah. And I mean, again, when I'm reading, I usually take my social worker hat off. So it's a little bit harder to mm-hmm. analyze You it. allow yourself to see love as love. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, is a unique experience for those of us in the social work profession. It is a little bit. Profession. A little, especially those of us who specialize in the love profession. Oh, right. The love profession. So we, I feel like we can't talk about you know, the healthiness of relationships in Pride of Prejudice without also talking about the relationships of her sisters with their paramours because she has the older sister that's, like, that immediately falls in love with this really great rich guy and they're, like, head over heels. And he really is the whole package. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and they're, like, open and honest with each other, you know, vulnerable right off the Mm -hmm. bat. And then she has a younger sister who ends up falling for, um, oh God, I can't remember what his name is. Some type of military man, Yeah, right? and like there was, this guy and Elizabeth were initially oh, feeling yeah. things out. Yes, I think, and part of this was, Elizabeth was like trying to like spurn Darcy mm-hmm. by kind of being interested Ooh, in this other guy. Playing hard to get. Yeah, 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 but... Um, I don't think she was playing. I think she was actually like, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm going to show you that oh, by showing right. interest. She was just uh, hard to get. <laughs> like, get the idea. I'm not interested. Yeah, exactly. And but then, then this right. guy had a history with Darcy and he had like said that like Darcy had 
done some Ooh, awful thing to right. him. And so then that made Elizabeth not like Darcy even more. Did he lie or was it true? Oh no, he lied. Yeah. He was a bad guy. Yeah. This was but, like real classic abusive Yes, he tendencies. Super manipulative. Yeah. He told like pieces of the truth, twisted them into something that was really untruthful. Mm-hmm. But you're right, little sister ends up with Yeah, him. which is also super I don't know, kind of creepy to me. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not, like, okay, the older sister doesn't want me. I'm going to go for the younger sister. It's really predatory. I think oh. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Okay, so we have one abusive counterpart here. Absolutely. This guy. Like, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's consistently that underlying pressure of, like, your job as a woman is to get married. And, like, mm-hmm. that is a really unhealthy But she ended up running life. away with him. Like, it wasn't, her parents I did mean, not... That's something that we kind of sweep under the rug because they do get married. They right? do, yeah. right? So, but it was against her parents' oh, wishes. It was real naughty. It was yeah. bad news. They ran away together, but it's okay. We found them, and they and then married, she's so. like stuck with this awful person, right? So that sucks because divorce doesn't exist. Exactly. Right. Oh, wow. That's some heavy stuff. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so we've kind of we've kind of gotten through Pride and Prejudice. I. We probably could spend 500 years talking about all of the dynamics, but for the sake of time, how do you feel about moving on to the next story? Really great. Oh gosh, so much material in Twilight. And I've actually read this one. Yeah, I think this is part of the problem is Twilight is more recent in my memory. I just reread it. So I think that I'll have some more to say about that. Mm. Can I just jump right in? Yeah, go for it. So let's talk storyline. (sighs) Oh, she is getting in the zone. I am getting in the zone. Um... Bella, our main character, is she's kind of like um, sweet, innocent, a little sassy, but um, really kind of lives on her own planet. Is a little and a seems little bored with life. <sighs> yes, she's bored with life. She feels like she doesn't fit in, um, and then she encounters somebody who immediately off the bat in her new home is just super rude to her. <laughs> they have a hmm. class together. It's like they, it was a down, theme. Right? Isn't this weird? <laughs> she sits down next to him in class, and his name is Edward, as she's learned, and he is just, like, legitimately snarling at her. He's not really impressed with her as a person, or so it seems, and is almost acting a little violent towards her in that he doesn't want anything like violently repulsed yes violently repulsed that's a perfect i think they even like describe one of his facial expressions as being like violently repulsed or something yeah and that's a perfect it's because he wants to eat her right which we don't know yet though we don't know that he wants to eat her so (laughs) that comes in in a minute yeah that comes down the line so um their initial romance is kind of about him having interest in her for a number of reasons one of which is he can't read her mind which is kind of sideline to the actual storyline <laughs> which but, you know for most of us would be like oh i can't really figure out what's going on you seem you seem like a mystery but for him it's like i can can't i literally cannot hear your thoughts yeah and this is stressful <laughs> to him so that that's intriguing also intriguing to him is the call of her blood. Ooh. So, I mean, we've yeah. all been there, right? Yeah. They got some good yeah. chemistry. <laughs> so, turns out Edward is a vampire. What? Big surprise. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no one could have guessed. Um, and Bella is made of this special kind of blood that he calls his own personal brand of heroin. So, 
Hmm. Um, so really, he was rude to her because he really wanted her. Yeah, that was so that's like thing. the whole being mean is, yeah. because he really loves Super somebody. Healthy. We kind of that's see how we teach our children, there. right? Right. <laughs> he's being mean to you on the playground because he likes you. Yeah. Oh, he pulled your hair. Ugh. He's probably having yeah. A crush he probably has a crush. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so Bella discovers he's a vampire, and instead of being like, "Wow, you're really dangerous," let's not. She then instead is like, great, this sounds amazing. I definitely want to be with somebody who wants to eat me all the time. I've weighed the pros and cons, and <laughs> this is my decision. Yeah, she's like, I'm into it. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> so, of course, there are four books, uh, so it's quite a long storyline. But ends up, um, Edward is caught in this, I'm going to hurt her. And my family could hurt her, but I also just really like her, so I'm gonna stick around and see how it goes. And but also he does try to push her away for her own safety, which is like patronizing. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, there's this huge power imbalance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's what I that notice more than almost anything else yeah. in those books is the power differential. Yeah. Um, between Edward and Bella, because Edward is like what five hundred years old, and Bella is 17. actually like a hundred. Yeah, he's a well, hundred something. Yeah, right. I mean, he was born in nineteen eighteen. Somehow that makes it feel more creepy to me. Yeah, I think I'm imagining a one hundred year old. Yeah, like let's talk about age difference here. Yep. Let's talk about power imbalance, where he could literally crush her yep. in an instant, and even his compulsive need to protect. Mm, and yeah. some could like back end that with control. Well, he totally watches her too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh, he, he like stands her over her bed when she's sleeping. Yes, he watches her sleep. But all of this is intended to be romantic. And with my social worker hat off, it is super romantic. I remember when I was reading this, and I don't remember which where which part in the books. I was in junior high, mm-hmm. and I and I was reading this, and there's this one part where Bella. And Edward are visiting Bella's mom, mm-hmm. Renee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember her name because I read the first 20 pages of this book. Great job. Yeah, thank you. Um, and they're sitting in the living room mm-hmm. with Renee and whoever Renee is, the baseball player. Yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah. And they're talking about how when Bella moves, Edward pivots yeah. as if he is about to catch an oh oncoming bullet. And I remember sitting in we talked about this earlier, top yeah. bunk of my bunk bed <laughs> yes. with the flashlight, yes. 3 a.m., being so rebellious right now. Oh my gosh, I was, so naughty. I was a very good kid. <laughs> so this was the extent <laughs> of my rebellion. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> with my flashlight. Um, but, and being like, wow, this is the dream. Yeah. This is where I get. I want somebody yes. who's ready to step in front of a bullet for right? me, who literally orients their body around, around me. me. Just oh in gosh. order to make sure that the I dream. feel safe and good. How much does this appeal to, like, the angsty teen, too? Like, uh-huh. This is intended to be, like, nobody will ever understand you. Like, the way this hundred-year-old vampire who could kill you at any second <laughs> understands you. Even like, though he can't read your mind and he can read everyone else's. Right. So he doesn't maybe have as much uh, practice as it, figuring out. But... <laughs> He pays such close attention to you, to your every movement, to every trip you take out of town with your girlfriends to go shopping, to what positions you lay in while you sleep, and what dreams (laughs) you were having. He pays such close attention to you. I don't think I was ever okay with him watching Bella sleep. I don't think I I was either. I don't know, guys. I really threw myself into this one. And even as an adult, (laughs) reading it, I just, I feel the romance and I feel the love. Here, think about this, though. If you have a, a really healthy 
partner. You guys are both in healthy relationships right now. So if you have a really healthy partner and you consider this person, you know, the person you're supposed to be with, mm-hmm. um, the, considering it in that context feels right. less creepy. Like if I'm, if I had a client come to me as a love professional mm-hmm. and was like, he watches me sleep and, <laughs> and he, he did follow me when I went out of town with my friends, but just to make sure I was safe. Right, right, right. And He's just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I move, he moves. <laughs> but it's for, and on, yeah, you know what I'm saying. An oncoming yeah. bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're all He's the just same trying page. To like you. I would be like, oh no, uh oh, bad news. But if you really get into this and you're like, I am envisioning, <gasps> I have a soulmate, <laughs> and I do not currently have a soulmate, and so I'm like, wow, the dream, the dream partner for me. You know, there's some of it that I would not be cool with, like following me out with my friends, not a fan of, mm-hmm. watching me sleep, not a fan of, but you know, like waking up a little bit before me and like, just like watching me yeah. pleasantly like, slumber. Touching your hair. Yeah. See, the like, thing you know. is, is that I feel like Edward definitely felt that Bella was his soulmate. Right. Bella, or Edward could not live without Bella being alive somewhere in the world. That's right. They Which were all those in the story but yep, yep. Bella... I, I think never felt that way no, about Edward. She totally did. Oh, she did. No, because she, she totally said did. she said that she would be a vampire with or without Edward. I don't know. I don't remember that. And I think I think I, I oh, okay. Let me I mean, there was the also... whole thing when they weren't together, and she was like trying to make him appear by she, doing right, dangerous things. Unhealthy. Desperately in love with him. Can she, we also talk about the fact that? This is a really biased opinion of mine, but, like, women are stronger, right? Edward is like, I can't live without you, and I'm just gonna go commit suicide because I can't live without you. And when he leaves Bella, she's like, damn, this really sucks, and I'm just gonna go make another friend. (laughs) Like, push it down and keep living my life and do all the things I need to do. You are looking at this with rose-colored glasses, okay? (laughs) He leaves, and she is literally comatose for, like, three months. She's a little catatonic. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then... After, when she like mm-hmm. transitions out of that phase, <laughs> then she starts creating environments in where she can have hallucinations. Okay, of okay, okay, okay. I need to step down. Yeah, you gotta step, step down, down, girl. Okay, step this is not the case. She's finding different ways to cope with him being gone, which is different than him trying to kill himself. Okay, I, think I guess that's, that's kind of where I was yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I now I am separate. I'm gonna down. agree with everything anybody says because I feel like you guys are both really smart. So, so no, any of you but you're the expert here. You are the expert yeah. on this couch. Oh, right. I'm always right. What are you I gonna do when Livy and I wholeheartedly disagree on something? I'm probably gonna agree with you guys. <laughs> with like, both of us. You're right. This is a very divisive. Yes. Uh, I I can see it from every perspective. <laughs> Problems with being a social worker. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, but okay. Yes. Yeah, so Edward power imbalance, all of this jazz, whatever. But it's a romance. It's all about their love. If they weren't in love, if Bella didn't love him back, all of these things would be really scary. And if we were hearing about them from a client's perspective, they would be really scary. Right. But again, it's that that it's that thing about taking you outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about he can always protect me. I don't have to worry about my safety because he's always going to be there. I mean, he's, again, he's super wealthy, right? Endless yep. money. Mm-hmm. And Bella is this kind of character who is like, I'm not interested in the money. But it's still the dream, right? Not They're having to worry about finances. interested in the money. Right. We're all interested. We all are interested in the That's money. That's right. There's something really important about being able to not 
have to worry about like basic needs. Mm-hmm. So, yep, very yeah. human. Um, what else? What else is really interesting about this? I think I think with Twilight, what's so fascinating to me is what we've been talking about is this difference between every part of me as I as I think about this says, "Ooh, red flag, scary. There's some issues." Mm-hmm. But then Equally, I'm like, oh, but that is really sweet. <laughs> but it's cute. <laughs> but it's really cute. <laughs> right? Uh, okay, so here's another thing I feel like we need to add in. And this has been an, a, a topic of, like, discontent for many people who are Twilight followers. Jacob and Renesmee, their imprint. Mm, oh, like the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, so Bella... I, spoiler alert, guys. Bella becomes a vampire also. OMG. Oh no. <laughs> but before that, <laughs> Edward manages to impregnate her with half vampire, half human baby, who turns out to be Renesmee. So the science on this is a little, I mean, a little funny. Does it add up? We don't know, but we're going with it. So, I mean, there are vampires. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, yeah. listen. <laughs> There's some issues with the science uh, previously. Uh, right. It's, it's continuously a little unstable in the science department. But... It makes sense. But so Jacob, as a werewolf, who has kind of been obsessed with Bella on and off in between her relationship with Edward, after Bella gives birth to her half-human, half-vampire baby, Renesmee, (laughs) Jacob is like ready to kill her because she's a monster. But he takes one look into her eyes, immediate soul connection, and he is now imprinted with this baby. Which happens with all werewolves. Right, right, right. Not with babies, but... (laughs) Like, partners. Yeah, they it's like they have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It so, is actually described in the book as it's a like survival mechanism where they connect with the most likely person to produce better werewolves, right? But that kind of doesn't make sense in, in this situation. So if you are unfamiliar with the science of imprinting, <laughs> you know, which I I don't know why you would be, but I guess that's fine. I don't want to judge. Right. Um, basically what happens is every werewolf imprints with another person that, you know, is to, is to make a better werewolf, but it kind of parallels the love that, Mm -hmm. you know, the once in a lifetime true soulmate, soulmate, um, level 100 out of control love. Like this is the partnership. And it's like impossible to break, right? Like you have, you are at the mercy of the imprint. Absolutely. And so, I mean, the theory is that the werewolf, in this case Jacob, will be whatever he needs to be for his imprint, Renesmee. Which, while she's a baby, is a babysitter, apparently. But once she grows up, he will also be lover and um, boyfriend slash husband slash whatever else she needs in her life at that time. And it just is, like, a little sketchy. Like... Okay, I I hear what you're saying, but you're telling me that you have never seen a baby and was like, ooh, I would like to babysit you, then be your best friend, then be the cool aunt, then fall in love with you, then be your wife, then... That's never happened And also have, like, a sexual relationship with you. You know, um, I'm thinking through it and just know that has never happened to me. I feel like she has no choice in this. No, there's no choice. There is no choice. Because she's not a werewolf. She hasn't imprinted... 
on, on him. him. Like, what if a werewolf imprints on somebody who doesn't want them? Okay, I remember this quote in the book, and I might be misquoting a little bit, but Bella actually asks this to Jacob at one point, before Renesmee. She asks him, what if they don't want to be with this werewolf? And he says, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they want to be with somebody who will be anything you want for you, and will be anything you need for you? Why wouldn't they want that? Because that's not all that a relationship is. Apparently, to werewolves, yes, that mm-hmm. is what a relationship is. So we're modeling some pretty unhealthy relationship dynamics here. Yeah, yeah. it's like a child bride, like marrying somebody yeah. off. Ooh, you might not get married right then, but like you're promised and that's your destiny oh. and yeah. you have no choice. I mean, Which is the role of a good woman. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back to every woman needs to be married, right. right? This is what we need. This is a good transition into, again, lots to talk about but I think it's a good transition into like the themes that we see yes throughout maybe we've talked about them both with Pride and Prejudice and with Twilight but mm-hmm. maybe even overarching within the romance genre yeah let's see what, are what the about themes? Little Women well even she in the newest okay so in the original <laughs> Little Woman did you guys I read or I read see it. it's been so many years that I could not yes. even begin to argue I love Little it. Women so Joe ends up not marrying mm-hmm. what's his face. But that's revolutionary. Right. Yeah, that is and that's very a very singular experience in mm-hmm. the romance yeah. genre. So looking at it as the genre in a whole, if we were to package that, what what kind of comes up? I I see just from our conversation mm-hmm. that this this I'm a woman, I need to find the true soulmate for me. Right. And then whatever that comes with, that comes with. And But isn't and, that romance? But I mean yeah, right? Like, that's that's kind of what it is. It's like, I'm looking for my soulmate, or if I'm not looking, he's going to appear anyways, and I'm still going to go through with this relationship. And he's going to be perfect. He's going to... I mean, he might have some creepy tendencies. He might have some rude tendencies. But he's going to have so much money. He's going to have so much money. And that's part of our story. Right. Ultimately, not marrying is not an option. Right. And so this person might have some scary things and might do things that makes me uncomfortable or maybe is rude, but they also have 500 good things sometimes. And that's just what I, that's what I'm resigned to do. This is my life now. They're attractive. They have money. They have a family that is ready to accept you with open arms, whatever it may be. And I won't sleep another night without being watched. Yeah. I think that's fine. But lots of money. Yeah. So it's fine. I don't think Edward actually, I don't think the vampires actually sleep. They don't. They don't. Exactly. Which That's is why he's watching her. Prime opportunity for, for sleep watching. But she does become a vampire. I get where you're going with this. So he can't really watch her sleep yeah. after that. He Actually, I wasn't her. going. Oh, I forgot about shoot. that. Okay, great. But you went there. So great, that's great, a good great. point. <laughs> what else do we see? So what about the whole... So I think the thing with vampires and romance is the idea of being with one person forever. Forever. Forever and ever mm-hmm. and ever. Mm. yeah it's not it's not like i have this good relationship and this is really good right now but when it turns i'm out of it it's like this is forever this is why i love Anne rice though right as far as you've never heard of Anne rice i feel like if you say more i might know what you're talking about the vampire lestat do you what about the movie queen of the damned Mm, the interview with the vampire 
Oh, man. Okay, so Anne Rice is another huge novelist that does vampire, mostly vampire stuff. She also has a whole series with, like, witches. Oh, good. But her stuff with vampires is that, like, they can't even have sex. What? Because they're dead. They have no bodily functions. Oh, which the science does line up with. Right. But but I don't like to think about it. They (laughs) still have certain other types of romances in a way, mm-hmm. but they're also like not for forever. Interesting. Hmm. Gosh, I feel like that really pulls me out of like the dreamy romance state that I want. <laughs> quick. Like, okay, so anatomically, this won't work because they're both dead. That's not what I want to be thinking about when I'm reading a romance novel. Which, you don't. You don't need to be. You don't need to be thinking about that. Um. Okay. <laughs> we are almost out of time for this podcast, so I think what I want to do is finish, and I'm totally putting you guys on the spot. Great. Do it. But I want each of us on this on this love couch. Um, oh, it's not even a love seat. Wow, what Dang a missed it. opportunity. We are sitting on a regular full-size sofa. That's upsetting. Crap. Um, we are snuggly, though. We are a little snuggly. <laughs> um, think about, you know, as purveyors of the romance genre... Mm-hmm. What's your takeaway? What's your takeaway as a love professional and a love enthusiast? Okay. Taking away, how do you how do you make this work? And if if perhaps we have listeners that are like, I love romance and you guys just ruined it. Or oh, I'm so sorry. Or like I hear you and I still love romance. What's your yeah. takeaway? How do you how do you make this work? Okay, so for me it's definitely like you said, the latter. I hear all of these things, I see all of these things. But I'm still going to love romance. Yeah. I think for me, again, it's just the the like mystery of it all and the being able to pull yourself out of what your life actually is. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, I'm in a really healthy, committed relationship and it's an amazing relationship. But being able to experience different experiences mm-hmm. with other people um, that maybe, honestly, realistically, I'm hoping that vampires don't fall in love with humans in real life so like <laughs> things that don't happen in real life that that can happen in romance I think that's part of the draw um but if you're making me analyze it from a clinical point of view I'm not I'm not okay, okay, I think that's cool. great okay I want to stop there then that's great. I'm, I'm I'm in love with romance I'm sticking with it I'm never gonna stop being a romance no enthusiast. that's great and in fact I think you've rubbed off on me a little bit because in having this so. well we are very close on the couch <laughs> Literally, 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 maybe. But okay. in having this conversation and reflecting as I was listening to you both talk about my experience with romance stories mm-hmm. and in the love profession, yes, I think that most of us, so many of us, are on the hunt for a good and safe relationship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that people get that from wherever they get that. And I think that romance stories are exploratory balloons popping up to say like you know this feels good and this doesn't feel good yeah and as my very pragmatic self who might not fall as quickly again no heart might not fall as quickly into the romance genre I totally see the merit of it in if I had a client sitting in front of me that that wanted to explore these things yes why not explore them through movies and books and, and TV and, and good stories and, you know, ancestral stories of, like, this felt really good to me, this didn't yes. feel really good for me, and this is what I want to be a part of my story. Ooh, I like and it. I, You're incorporating it into real life. Yeah. You're, like, making it a part of you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sold. Great. I'm sold. As a cautionary, but also a lovely story. Well, you are going to start reading Twilight, like, today. So Already have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everyone's looking at me now. Is it my turn for my opinion? (laughs) Yes. It is your opinion, yeah. So, I... I think my main issue with romance novels is the fact that there's not, in my opinion, enough to balance them out and provide um, impressionable young people with, like, what's realistic and healthy in relationships. And so, like, I think personally for me, I mean, I never got any good education. I didn't have great role models about what a healthy relation healthy and normal relationship was and so I learned it from things like Twilight that are like really fantastical yeah and a lot of like roller coaster stuff and I did end up in a really violent emotionally physically violent relationship and it felt like similar it felt familiar Mm. to me because that's what it was like in these books that I had grown up big ups the big reading yeah um and I like that's the thing is that like it it ends after they get together like even when it is a healthy relationship it ends at you know they were happily ever after so you never actually find out like what the normal healthy day-to-day stuff looked like how did they end up really communicating and resolving conflicts like you never know oh man yeah that's a really good point that is a really good point but i think it's also hard for me because that's not what i want from my romance yeah. novels. right and that, that makes sense yeah. right because that doesn't make good stories well and i totally hear what you're saying about representation i don't think that there's representation of you know the normal boring yeah safe life yeah. But then I think there's a lack of representation for a lot of different things. I think typically mm-hmm. the romance that we see is a white man and a white woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yep. my gosh. And this is that's what true love is. And we don't see any other representation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a few, but you know, there's not as there's not as much. Yeah, or different cultures. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Of people of different beliefs, backgrounds, mm-hmm. ethnicities, genders you know, orientation. That's why I love crazy rich Asians. Okay. So this brings me to a point. Have you guys heard of the danger of a single story? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, the idea of the single story is that we only get one side, one picture of things that are really diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, and so romance is really diverse. It's not one experience fits all and it's not, exactly what you read in the books and it's it's totally different you're right it can be boring it can be like day-to-day life it just is what it is um and we don't get that from romance novels we get a snapshot of very exciting things happening all at once and we don't see the rest of it and we don't see a lot of diversity in it's super heteronormative a romance genre it's super white it's super what else it's, it's about mm-hmm. a specific type of person yep. most of the time. Yep. And that's not the experience that is real, which is part mm-hmm. of why I love romance. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I, I love it, like, for entertainment and losing Absolutely. myself. Absolutely. You know, the same way that I, you know, don't want drama in my own life, but I'm really good at helping other people manage that in their lives or mm-hmm. watching it on television but not wanting it in my own life. Sure. But, like, I can be critical of what I'm absorbing, you know, and I can leave that in the fantasy 
Absolutely. world. But I think that there's so many people out there that mm-hmm. don't do that because mm-hmm. they don't have the information to know that things should be different. Yeah. Mm. You guys summed that up perfectly. Oof. Did you do that on purpose? I mean, I think Brittany is just really smart. Just really smart, and you're really amazing at everything you do. No, but you two stand (laughs) with culminating it all to this idea of like the single story, and we get one image. Um, I think that's I think that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for listening to our. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) no, seriously, I I have learned a lot from this podcast. It was a good conversation. Yeah, it was. I hope it wasn't too boring for you, and I hope we haven't either ruined romance for you or uh, I don't even know what the other alternative would be. I mean, the other alternative is inspiring you to read some romance. Yeah, yeah I, I guess like me. You yeah. did do that to me, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, if you want some good romance recommendations, <laughs> start with Twilight and uh, <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. I couldn't even say that. Oh gosh, if those are like the litmus test for That's like it. well written love stories. I mean, you might as well throw Fifty Shades of Grey in there. I mean, okay. Just, just Google problematic love stories. And read those. Start there. Start there. Um, yeah, if you find yourself in a problematic love story. Did you see that Ooh, seamless transition? Uh, boom, boom, I like boom. It. I like it. Um, if you find yourself in a problematic love story, give us a call and yep. talk to an advocate and we can get you connected with resources that you need. Our hotline number is... 307-745-3556. Wow, she sounded just like a voice message. That's perfect. That was pretty good. <sighs> All right. And if you are interested in learning more about The Single Story, it's a TED Talk, and it's it wonderful. And it's I amazing. don't know who it is that says it, but Google Single Story TED Talk, and you'll find it. Absolutely. <laughs> I encourage it. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and have a very romantic and, and love-filled in a healthy way rest of your day. Great. <laughs> And thank you, Sam, for being our love expert. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> <sighs>